We cover the latest macro data as inflation continues to rise. The Biden administration takes on oil and what in the world is OPEC up to? We cover the biggest analyst calls of the day and Tesla once again delays manufacturing in China. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. What is up and welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing powered by Pound The Table. I'm your host, Luke Donay, and we have to get right into what in the world is in the news today. But first, I want to let you know where the markets finished the day out. Dow Jones down 550, S&P down 72, and the NASDAQ down 221 points. So definitely not the greatest day on the street. And also that to the 10-year yield curve finally has inverted. Could that signal a recession? Well, according to the data, it could. But once again, go look at that data because it's quite a long time when it comes to, you know, uh, delay between inversion and recession and the return in the markets isn't all too bad. So go check that out. But either way, digging into the biggest headline of the day, or at least one of the biggest, it is, of course, the Federal Reserve's key inflation measure, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index. That rose by 6.4% year over year through to the month of February. So inflation continuing to rise per the personal consumption expenditures index, but let's dig a little further into this. So that is the fastest inflation rate we have seen since 1982, and it's also faster than the 6.1% rise that we saw throughout the year when it comes to January. Also taking a look, if you look at the core reading of the personal consumption expenditures index here, which excludes food and energy prices, that actually also increased 5.4%. But was that over expectations or under? Well, that was actually under the Dow Jones estimate of 5.5%. And also on top of that, it is important to note that was still the biggest jump uh, to April or since April of 1983. So still inflation hitting record numbers when it comes to these measurement metrics. Personal consumption expenditures index is one of those metrics that the Federal Reserve keeps a close eye on. And also the final note on this metric on a monthly basis the gauge was also up 0.4% which was in line with estimates. Now shifting into consumer spending. Due to all this inflation, due to the rising prices, consumer spending actually came down some or really just didn't meet the estimate. Um, so you take a look and it actually increased 0.2% for the month, so month over month, but that was below the 0.5% estimate. So consumer spending not nearly as strong as what was expected. Maybe you're seeing that consumer spending being dented due to those higher inflation levels. Taking a look at disposable income, we see that disposable personal income today came in up 0.4%, which was below the expectation of 0.5%, and real disposable income actually dropped as well, 0.2%. So disposable income dropping, shifting into savings, that actually moved up to $1.15 trillion and or that converts to a rate of 6.3%. Not all too bad there. And then to round out our macro data, we got a lot going on when it comes to macro data. Holy smokes, today was a day, but shifting into jobless claims. So you take a look and out of the labor department this morning, we did indeed get those initial jobless claims totaling 202,000 
for the week ended March 26th. And that was actually a jump from 14,000 from the previous week and above the 195,000 estimates. So we did not meet estimates, but that was also an increase of 14,000. So it was an okay reading, but not the best. That's for sure. Continuing claims. And this was actually the better metric of the two when it comes to jobless claims. So continuing claims actually run a week behind the headline number, but this count is for those who filed for a second week. And that dropped one point. 3 million, which is the lowest we have seen since December 27th of 1969. So the labor market is still quite tight. Now, shifting into oil, what in the world is going on with oil? The Biden administration coming out today and saying they will be releasing 1 million barrels of oil per day from the U.S. strategic reserves to help cut those gas prices and quote, fight inflation. Now, according to the White House, this is going to go on for the next six months as domestic producers also ramp up production. And this is all per the Biden administration. Taking a look at what the White House said in regards to this major release, they went on to say, quote, the scale of this release is unprecedented. The world has never had a release of oil reserves at this 1 million per day rate for this length of time. This record release will provide a historic amount of supply to serve as bridge or a bridge until the end of the year when domestic production ramps up. So the White House trying to halt some of these higher gas prices and inflation, a big time oil reserves release that is going to actually continue on for the next six months, according to the White House. Wow. That's big. But at the same time, we also had OPEC coming out, which, of course, if you do not know what OPEC is, it is that massive group mainly focused in the Middle East, and they produce an absolute crap ton of oil. That's the most simplified and blunt way to say it. But taking a look at what OPEC Plus is doing. So they agreed that they will be raising their output targets by 432,000 barrels per day from May 1 in OPEC Plus. Remember, they are unwinding that huge supply cuts all the way back, which was roughly 10 million barrels per day in April of 2020. And they put that in place because no one was going anywhere. The demand for their product was quite low in the middle of the pandemic. And now they're trying to unwind that, but they've been very slow to unwind it. And they've been slow to unwind it, of course, because they want to make more money. And the way you make more money is you keep things tight, especially when it comes to supply. Well, it seems the Biden administration and OPEC both making moves to actually put more oil into the system, more barrels out there. And OPEC Plus today announcing that they are raising their output targets by 432,000 barrels per day from May 1. The next meeting for OPEC Plus will be on May 5th. That'll be a big meeting to watch to see what they do as well. So we're paying attention to that and putting it on our calendars. Once again, next OPEC Plus meeting will be on May 5th. Fifth. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, Atlantic Equities initiating Snowflake as neutral. They go on to say, quote, we believe Snowflake has one of the strongest competitive positions out there. It benefits from a unique value proposition, dominant market share, and a strong and long runway for growth. However, we believe this is adequately reflected in the stock price and would not be buyers at current levels. So, Atlantic equities, they like everything they see. 
but they believe that everything's priced in. Maybe the stock is even a bit expensive, and therefore they're neutral on it. They don't think you should be going to rush and buy it right now. We also had Barclays today with a big downgrade, downgrading advanced micro devices to equal weight from overweight. The firm went on to say, quote, we still view AMD as a share gainer versus Intel for the next few years. But move to the sidelines as we see corrections across several end markets dampening that growth. We would revisit with better visibility into the depth and timing of the corrections and Intel's progress in closing the process gap. So in essence, what they see is a possible slowdown in growth over at AMD and believe that maybe that'll give some room for Intel to uh, catch up. They also believe that there could be some oncoming headwinds for the space in particular and in direct relation to AMD and even Intel. And therefore, it seems that they're just a little cloudy on the name. They don't like possible things upcoming, possible catalyst upcoming. And therefore, when they have better visibility in the timing and the depth as to the corrections that they are seeing within the industry, then they will come back and give a re-rating on the stock. But for now, Barclays downgrading advanced micro devices to equal weight from overweight. We also have Morgan Stanley reiterating Tesla as overweight today. They go on to say, quote, so where does Tesla fit in? We're not going to tell you that Tesla is a car company or a tech company. It's both, but it's also an energy company. And what we're seeing emerge over the course of this year is Tesla as a renewable energy onshore infrastructure company. So Morgan Stanley saying here that, look, not only is Tesla a car company, not only are they a technology company, but they're an energy company. And therefore, we reiterate it as overweight. An interesting call out of Morgan Stanley. We also had Jefferies reiterating meta platforms as a buy. The firm went on to say, quote, Key takes from our call with an ad agency expert. One, macro softness and tougher comps should drive slower digital ad growth in 2022 versus 2021. Number two, Facebook's first quarter ad budget grew 9% year over year, with our expert forecasting 11% growth in Q2. Three, TikTok growth is impressive, but young demographics and a lack of audience data are gating factors for broader advertiser adoption. So in essence, what Jeffries is saying here is they talked to agency experts within the space, specifically in digital advertising, obviously, and based on the data they received um, and some of that data we just read to you, for instance, Facebook's first quarter ad budget and digital ad growth in 2022 versus 2021 and TikTok growth and how advertisers are adopting the TikTok, they believe that Meta Platforms is a buy. Now, shifting into Morgan Stanley, reiterating Microsoft as overweight. The firm went on to say, quote, first quarter 2022 CIO survey again demonstrates Microsoft's strength with widespread leadership across key growth in defensive categories and a further improvement in cloud positioning. The combination of durable growth and reasonable valuations keeps Microsoft as one of our top preferred names in software. A big time call out of Morgan Stanley reiterating Microsoft as overweight. And our final analyst call of the day is Bank of America, reiterating Marvell as a buy. The firm went on to say, quote, Marvell has been dealing with rising costs since the start of the supply shortages, yet has been able to improve GMs for the last six quarters by working closely with customers to effectively pass on higher costs. 
So a big time call out of Bank of America. And as I'm saying here that, look, despite the supply shortages that Marvell has had to deal with, they've been able to pass on those costs in business hasn't been all too bad. They have been improving quite well, and therefore, we believe that the name is a buy. Now, shifting away from our analyst calls, we have to shift in to our final headline of the day, and this is Tesla extending their suspension of production at their Shanghai plant. So, Tesla, according to reports per Reuters, has canceled plans to resume production at their Shanghai plant factory on Friday and Saturday, and that is according to an internal notice that was received by Reuters. Furthermore, this would delay the reopening of manufacturing at the hub that does indeed produce Model 3s in Model Y cars. So this is not big-time positive news for Tesla, but it is important to note this is that where this plant is or where these manufacturing facilities are, they are following the local COVID procedures. They are shutting down. They are locking down in those areas. So really, this is not a decision that Tesla can navigate. They have to correspond with the rules and laws where they're manufacturing. And it just so happens that COVID is currently a major issue in those areas in Shanghai. So this delay, they're just going to have to deal with until COVID is not an issue in those areas. But that is the show today. I want to thank you all for listening once again i apologize that we missed yesterday of course day of the day things come up in life and if we miss an episode here and there you can assume that we are taking a moment for our personal lives here at running with the money but either way i want to thank all of you for the consistent support for always listening and i am truly blessed to have you as listeners but until the next one i want you to go give my boys over at pounding the table a listen you can listen to them anywhere you listen to podcasts including apple podcast and spotify and also please go and give me and my team a Follow and listen at Running With The Money anywhere you listen to podcasts and on social media, Facebook and Instagram, or just follow me on Twitter at Luke Dene. Tweet me anything you want, comments on the show, what you want to see on the show. If you want us to interview anyone on the show, I love hearing what you guys have to say and hearing your feedback. But until the next one, Eastly Profit, trade on, and I will see you tomorrow.